0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: Ready for primetime conversation isn't exclusive to the NBA. As we inch closer to the NFL season, the question is, are some of the second-year quarterbacks currently in the league not ready for that shine either? Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Don't forget the NBA Finals. We will make sure that you get all the coverage you could want for that throughout the course of the show. Game six tonight, the Celtics host the Warriors. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. We've got a bunch of experts. We're going to get some more breakdowns of what to expect. But football season's right around the corner. And maybe, I'll admit, my Raiders fandom has got me a little more excited this summer than usual. So anytime we have the chance to talk about football we do. And Harry Douglas, that conversation today takes an interesting turn when it comes to second-year quarterbacks. Because, Ooh. because our own Jeremy Fowler surveyed executives around the NFL on the second-year quarterbacks, the quarterbacks from the 2021 draft class, to decide how everyone feels about it. We decided we would do our own market research with a little bit of buy or sell. Are you ready, my friend? Let's go. Before we even start this, can I just say one thing, Harry? Talk every single year, every single mm-hmm. year, I go into the NFL draft broadcast for ESPN. Proud of the work mm-hmm. that I do on that. Now, every year, every fan base is convinced that this year they're going to go into the quarterback and they're, they're going to go into the draft to get the quarterback that saves their franchise. And here we are with quarterbacks from just two years ago, and we're about to realize that a lot of them, S-U-C-K, suck, suck, suck. Can we just acknowledge <laughs> that?
2: Because you start, It's like you <laughs> Just like you made it about the Jets. Like, why would you make it about the Jets?
1: Well, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, let's start at the first quarterback taken in the draft. That would be one Trevor Lawrence. Are you buying or selling Trevor Lawrence? Let's go for this year. Uh, this year. Only, we're only going to do this year. you buying or selling Trevor Lawrence.
2: I am going to buy this because I don't even think it can get any worse for Trevor Lawrence. Let's let's not forget and let's do remember that Urban Meyer was his coach, and it was a complete disaster in his first year as a rookie, from preseason until the moment the season ended for Trevor Lawrence. Now he has a guy like Doug Peterson as his head coach, who we do know when Carson Wentz was playing good football. Notice I said when Carson Wentz was playing good football, that what he was able to do for Carson Wentz um, early on in his career, uh, actually winning the Super Bowl, Carson Wentz got hurt, I do understand that, but... Carson Carson Wentz, if he didn't get hurt that year, would have won MVP of the league as well. So I'm going to buy Trevor Lawrence, plus they gave him help. They signed Christian Kirk, right? They brought over Zay Jones. They have Evan Ingram. They're tightening up that offensive line a little bit. They have two running backs, Travis Etienne. He missed all of last year to go along with James Robinson. So I am going to buy Trevor Lawrence in year two. He can't have a sophomore slump because last year wasn't good. So I don't think he can get worse.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm also going to buy Trevor Lawrence. And uh, you mentioned buy. The Jaguars spent too much money on medium Mm. talent in my mind this offseason. But you know what? Middle-of-the-road talent is still going to be better than what uh, we saw around Trevor Lawrence last year. I said last year going into the season that I thought the Jags would fail Trevor Lawrence before Trevor Lawrence failed the Jags. It took all of a couple of games to realize that that was the truth last year. This year with a competent coaching staff, I still believe that he is the same quarterback that he was when I stood on the sidelines covering the national championship that he won. Well, we
2: we stood together. Can you yeah. say we stood together? Jeez, come on. We did stand on. together. We did, you know what? Don't One make it all favorite. about you, bro.
1: Well, I mean. Uh, you know you we're know brothers. What? Like, we're fraternal uh, well, twins. Let's yeah, go. Well, that, come that on. Is a, yeah, we have very different mothers, though. That is <laughs> uh, That is an important note. Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL insider, on this very show, talked about Trevor Lawrence and what he thinks for the sophomore season.
3: I don't think there's any player in the league that is more set up to benefit from a coaching change than Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. When you consider the, the, the fiasco that last year was with urban Meyer. And then you bring in a super bowl winning head coach with a background working with successfully working with different quarterbacks and, and, and coaching offense. I think Trevor Lawrence is poised to make a huge leap and show everybody why he's the number one pick.
2: I don't think Trevor Lawrence is going to have to worry about Doug Peterson getting those lap dances up to the next fits. Go ahead. And away we go. Uh, Let's go next
1: to the list. Uh, to probably the most hyped of all of the prospects uh, currently, Mac Jones with the Patriots. You buying or selling Mac?
2: I'm selling it because I don't even know. Like, Turn what the play set. call duties are going to be like. I, I, like, we don't know. We don't know. Matt Patricia's calling the plays, right?
1: <laughs> and to Matt Patricia's sorry, that credit, makes me laugh.
2: And to Matt Patricia's credit, like, like I will say this. It's not like he have not been on the offensive side. He did coach the offensive line at one point with the New England Patriots, so he has been over there. But when you primarily have spent your time on defense and then when you went to the Lions and you were the head coach and you couldn't even get things right as a head coach there, offensively, defensively, and on special teams, so now you're going to call the plays for Mac Jones, who's in his second year. I just think that Josh McDaniels going to the Raiders is really going to hurt this team. I don't think – you know what? Can we do bold predictions? Yes, Can we do ball predictions? Of course. I don't think the New England Patriots are going to make the damn playoffs this year. I said I don't, it. I don't so think if you Patriots, if you Patriot fans, are, you're going to get upset with me. I'm sorry. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I'm totally out on the Patriots this year, and I'm totally out on Mac Jones uh, this year, particularly. We can't have it both ways. We can't sit here and say that the reason that Josh McDaniels was constantly wanted as a head coach was because of his greatness on the offensive side of the ball. And then turn around and say that the greatness won't be missed. Uh, there, there is absolute. You know how much I use this phrase, Harry. But I love proof of concept. There is no proof of concept on what they're doing offensively right now. And I, as good as as okay as Mac Jones was at times in his rookie year, I think there was a lot to that with the play calling and hiding some of his weaknesses. Let's go to the next quarterback on the list, and this one, this one's for you, Jets fans, Zach Wilson. Uh, Harry, I'll go first on this one just because it's fun for me. I'm selling because I never bought in the first place. Like, let me be abundantly (laughs) clear. Like, Zach Wilson had one good year at BYU, and when I asked him in an interview what the difference was, what the big leap was, where it came from, his answer was I don't know. I just, I
4: just have a hard time
1: with that. Like, at least give me some meat to chew on. The the, the leap from BYU to the NFL was always going to be difficult. I think Zach Wilson, at his best, is an okay quarterback, and he's going to make a heck of a backup. I hope I'm wrong. I root for guys. But Zach Wilson, and I'm out on Zach Wilson, and I'm out on the Jets.
2: So I'm going to buy Zach Wilson Ooh. Ooh. because of the simple fact that I love what they did surrounding him with players, right? drafted Brees Hall, which I thought was a, one Brees. of the steals of the draft. And now you can pair him up with Michael Carter. So now you have that dynamic duo, right? You have a guy who you drafted last year, Elijah Moore. He has to be better coming into this year. You have a Corey Davis. You also drafted a Garrett Wilson. You brought in C.J. Uzama uh, from the Cincinnati Bengals, who made it to a Super Bowl last year. So now that's a tight end threat to go along with a guy like Makai Beckton, who – Who's looking to be healthier this year and being that centerpiece of that offensive line. You have Vero Tucker, and then you have uh, Font as well, Fant as well, uh, at the right tackle uh, position, at the left tackle position. So I think this team is gonna be better. Now, Zach Wilson has to learn from his mistakes last year. And understand this is not just freelance or so you can throw the football anywhere. Your number one job is the quarterback is to take care of the damn football. That's your number one job. Now, I also believe Mike LaFleur, who's the offensive coordinator, he has to do a better job of putting him in the best positions, utilize his strengths, get him on the move, do a lot of play action. But Brees Hall was pivotal for this offense because of what they want to do play action-wise off of the run.
1: I love Brees Hall, and I love everything you just said about the Jets. It's why I think for their next quarterback, that quarterback will come into a next better, a much better situation. <laughs> one more before we get out of here on this one: uh, Justin Fields had this to say about whether or not he is ready for the NFL season to start.
5: Uh,
3: no, <laughs> I'm not ready for the season to start. Um, you know, I'm the type of guy that you know like to know that I'm prepared. So, um, right now, I'm just being honest. We're we're not ready to play a game right now. So. Um, Uh, but, and when that time comes, we will be ready. So right now, no, I'm not really playing. You buying or selling
2: Justin Fields? Well, hell, the the proof is in the damn pudding. Now, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to sell Justin Fields, but it's not because I don't believe in Justin Fields. Because I believe in his talent. I I believe he can be a damn good quarterback in this league. I don't think the Chicago Bears did what they were supposed to do to surround him with those guys. I don't believe in their receiver court right now. It's just a fact. I just don't. I damn so don't believe in their offensive line, which has been a problem the last few years for the Chicago Bears. Um, I think the guys that they brought in offensive line-wise in the draft, I think they were fourth round and above. If I'm looking to revamp my offensive line, I don't think the fourth round and above is going to be the, the place to do that. I need first and second rounders on the offensive line, or I need high-quality offensive line alignment in free agency I need to sign. They didn't do that. So that's why I, I'm, I'm, I'm selling Justin Fields.
1: Yeah Justin Fields is filet mignon I believe in the man but uh you are handing that man to a chef that's going to turn around and make that filet well done, and put some ketchup on it and hand it to you I like it's a steak. You, bro. You're welcome, Harry Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep breaking down quarterbacks, uh, obviously, and I'll keep breaking down the way steak is supposed to be prepared. But in the meantime, Chris Mad Dog Russo has gone mad when it comes to listing the top five sports cities of all of the mad dog takes. This one might be the worst. We'll explain next. Canty and Carlin on
6: ESPN radio. Jason Fitz, Harry Douglas, filling in. Outdated.
1: Annie and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Bundle and protect today under one roof. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, filling in for the guys. Obviously, it's a big day across ESPN networks. As remember tonight, the NBA Finals are on ESPN Radio. Game 6, Celtics host the Warriors. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. So, be sure to stick around after us to listen to Sarah Spain holding down the fort on Spain and Fitz. And if you're having a good time with us, be uh, be sure to hang out with me on Spain and Fitz seven to nine p.m. Eastern Monday through Friday. So Mad Dog uh, Chris Russo has become uh, I mean he's been a fixture in sports talk forever. We all know that he's a legend at what he does. Here's what I'm saying.
2: That. Here's what I'm saying, Fitz. Here's what I'm saying. You gotta listen to this, Mickey Mantle back in the day. Go ahead, Fitz. That's I'm sorry. That's pretty
1: good. I, I was actually kind of amazed. Like, <laughs> you, you, I don't know if uh, Mad Dog's heard that, but we need to get you, like, across from Mad Dog, mocking Mad Dog with <laughs> the uh, – so Mad Dog put out his ranking on first take. And, obviously, Mad Dog on first take is always there to get people fired up. Uh, and, you know, we can get into some of those legacy conversations. I don't get as fired up about those as I do about this. As Mad Dog has rated his top five sports fan base cities, all right? So, at five, Philly. Four Chicago, three New York, two Detroit, one Cleveland. Mad Dog Russo has lost his damn mind, Harry.
2: <laughs> yes, he has. Yes, he has. And I can just see Stephen A. Smith because I didn't. I didn't see the. I didn't see the actual show that day. But I can just imagine the facial expression that Stephen A. Smith and Molly gave Mad Dog Russo when he decided to leave off the Boston, the city of Boston you got to be kidding me right now, and I'm trying not to use words that I can't use on the network because I don't want to get sent to the principal's office again. Yes, I've been there multiple times. Don't want to get sent there again, okay? So, now, saying this, like, how can you leave off Boston? The reason why this is so, I think, important to me is because I mentioned to you guys earlier that I became a hockey fan at my very first hockey game, May 3rd, 2014. In the first game I went to was in the TD Garden. Watching the Boston Bruins, when they were down 3-1 to one in the third period versus Montreal, the Canadians, their rival, and they came back and won the game 5-3. to three. Now, that same night, that same day, um, I went to about seven bars, and I drunk in and every damn thing that was put in my direction. And it was a great day. It was a great night. Just need to say. But you look at the Boston Bruins and how that fan base supports them. You look at the Patriots – and what they've been able to do. You look at the Boston Celtics. They're in the damn NBA Finals. How can you forget them? They're in the Finals right now. TD Garden is one of the best places you can play basketball-wise. But last but not least, I also went to a Red Sox opening day. Oh. And a lot of people say, you know, Wrigley may be this. But I'll tell you what I've seen from the, from the Green Monster in Boston. It was unbelievable. The best opening day baseball-wise that I've ever been to. I don't know how he can leave off the city of Boston when it comes to the top five sports fan bases in the United States. What Uh, about you, Fitz? I
1: I totally agree with you. By the way, when I was a little kid, I went to a Patriots game when they were terrible, and they were at old Foxborough, and it was Patriots-Bears. And what was funny about it is all these people walking up to the game. It was the first time they'd met in Foxborough since the Super Bowl, so this was like early 90s, whatever and uh, they they all there was this bear on the front of the shirt with a with a minuteman uh, standing next to him waving and the front said hey chicago and on the back it said you know what the bears and you saw that the minuteman wasn't <laughs> wearing any pants i saw thousands of those shirts and i remember my parents being like oh my god and we walked into old foxborough for a terrible patriots team and you would have thought it was the super bowl like there is a that, look, we can all agree that 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 boston fans are a handful at times but to say that they're not the top sports fan base city to me seems a little shocking. Also, what are we basing this on? Because I realize that certain huge metropolis cities have massive sports fan bases. But I'm looking at Cleveland and Detroit, for example, and telling like, I hear me out, Harry. What I don't even either, know why Detroit's what are, on there. What does is, what is Detroit have on, I know this is going to sound shocking to a lot of people, on like, I don't know, Birmingham. Like, you want to tell me that Alabama, like, you go into the thick of Roll Tide, you go to Athens and you go to the thick of Georgia, like, you go into SEC football country, you want to tell me that that doesn't belong on, the, even though there's only one sport, they live it, eat it, breathe it, tattoo it, they put it on their foreheads, they put it in their, but like, it is everything to their lives every day. Like, I sat in hosting Feinbaum a couple of weeks ago, and you would have thought that I insulted a bunch of people's mamas just by talking about NIL. Like, they live, eat, and breathe it 24 7. Like that's got to count. If you're talking sports fan base cities, college football cities have to be in this also because they are passionate.
2: But I think I think New York needs to be number two. I think New York I has to be that. number two. When yep. you look at the Knicks, the Nets, the Rangers, the Islanders, the Giants, the Jets, the Yankees, the Mets the Yankees and the Mets are doing very very well right now but watch out Mets fans because them damn Braves have won 14 in a row yes I wanted to bring it up to you on air today I was gonna find a way to slide it in here even though we're not talking about today yes the Braves have won 14 in a row so if you're a Mets fan I want to say it right here on ESPN radio you better watch out because the Braves are coming yes we're going for number 15 tonight yes I said we because I'm from Atlanta
1: and all six Atlanta fans will go to that game because Atlanta would be the on the other end of this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the hell would you fit?
1: Oh, you guys can chime in on this, obviously. We'll throw this out to the phones, too. 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. Defend your city. Do you belong higher on the sports? fan base cities, uh, again, Mad Dog, Cleveland, number one, which uh, uh, he's just got to be doing that to troll all of us. Detroit, number two. I'm just wondering if he's ever been to Detroit. And then three, New York, <laughs> Four, Chicago. Five Philadelphia, so I I, I want to hear like you don't you don't think your city got the respect it deserves. You can call in and chime in triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. You can also tweet us at Jason Fitz at H Douglas eighty three. So we'll get some of your reaction. Go ahead,
2: but I'm sitting here, y'all. I'm doing a show in my basement and I'm right beside my bar. Should I send a bottle of tequila to Mad Dog to to maybe? Open his mind up a little bit more. Should, should I send him a bottle of tequila?
1: You know what we ought to do is we ought to get Mad Dog a little drunk and then just take him to some of these. Like, get Mad yeah, Dog drunk to... and take him down to a, a, a Bama-Auburn game. And come, with us, City, come with us, so. Mad Dog. Just
2: come with us, Mad Dog. We got to get you up to speed, man. Get living the in a, I don't know what times, but maybe, it ain't these Maybe we'll get times. him on the
1: bus and then we'll stream some stuff for him too. All right. One of the namesakes of this show will join us next to react to this list and more, of course. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Jason Fitz, Harry
6: Douglas, filling in it. Kenny and Carlin
1: on ESPN Radio, the ESPN App Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz filling in for the guys. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. You guys can uh hang out with us 888 say ESPN 888 That's how you get in on the fun as we debate top sports cities. It didn't end with the last segment. We continued throughout the entire break to have the debate as uh that thanks to Mad Dog Russo with his uh, interesting list. We'll get thoughts on that now. From, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, interesting now I'm being polite. Now I'm walking it back. Mad Dog, you've lost your mind. All right. You know, it's a terrible list and it's some of the worst work you've ever done. All right. Let's get thoughts on it from Chris Canny, who's on the golf course. So we'll start there. Uh, Canny, how's it going? Like, w- w- what are we shooting so far?
6: Well, so far, it's not that good, fellas. The first one was in the water off the tee, and they gave me a breakfast ball, even if it was the afternoon, and I hit that one on the edge of the fairway. So I'll let you know but it's the first hole so right now we're off to a rocky right start
1: Okay, I, I, I feel bad that you're off to a rocky start, but just know if you ever
6: need a No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't feel be... bad that I'm off to a rocky start. Don't sit here and lie. You Look, don't feel I, bad.
1: I, I, if I would be your, your, your cart driver because I can't play golf at all. I'd be your cart driver, and I would just trash talk everybody else for you. That's my value to a foursome. If you ever want to invite me to come out and play, I won't hit a ball, but I will certainly get myself hit with a ball before the end just for the team. Are we in for that? I could be your caddy. I'm down with that.
6: I'm down with that. But just know I'm not going to tip you at the end of the round. Are you cool okay, with that?
1: No, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I don't do anything for free. We know I'm frugal. All right, Kenny, Mad Dog ranked his top five uh, fan base cities on first take. He had Philly at five, Chicago at four, New York at three, Detroit at two, and Cleveland at one. Anything stand out to you?
6: Yeah, I don't know how I don't know how New York is at number three when we've got two of every sports team and we've got three hockey teams. I, I don't even get that. I don't understand it. Of course New York is number one. I don't know how Boston didn't make the cut. Thank and you. I, I just I, I I don't even know how that's possible. For having Cleveland and Detroit at the top of the list, give me a break with that. I get it, they're long suffering sports fan bases, <laughs> but on the whole, those are not better sports cities than any of the sports cities that are on I ninety five in the northeast. I'm sorry. So
2: Chris, so, Chris, we've decided that I'm going to send Mad Dog a bottle of tequila, right? We're going to let him drink that bottle of tequila, and then me and Fitz are going to take him around to these different cities and let him actually experience these cities because clearly he has lost his mind.
6: Yeah, he, he he's off his rocker. You might want to make that a strong bottle of tequila too, Harry. Maybe some Clase Azul, something along those lines, because Mad Dog certainly needs it. He, he, he's clearly
1: lost it. Uh, okay, look, all I'm saying is Harry's buying if it's a nice bottle of tequila, Harry.
2: <laughs> all right, Chris. I want to get to the NBA finals. I say game six. What do you say after that?
6: I say the Boston Celtics force a game seven. This is a team that's bounced back every single time in the postseason with the exception of game five in the Bay Area. And they're going up against a team that has championship DNA season. Understand those struggles, but I don't see Boston losing three games in a row I just don't think that's going to happen and this team has been in this position before think back to the second round against the reigning defending Milwaukee Bucks and that was a series where they had to win game six on the road and then they won game seven in TD Garden so confidence comes from demonstrated performance this group has demonstrated that they can get it done when they're in these circumstances so I look for them to be able to force a game seven and get it back to the bay. I love what you just said about
1: confidence, but let's be real, Canty. All of that confidence comes from what was done in previous series. In this series, Tatum and Brown have been a non-factor. Why is that different tonight?
6: Well, I don't know if it's necessarily they've been a non-factor. I would just say they've been their own worst enemies. And Jason Tatum has 18 turnovers in this series. And we're talking about an NBA Finals record in terms of points off a of turnovers. Think about this, guys. The Boston Celtics had gifted the Golden State Warriors 103 points off of 75 turnovers. Mm-hmm. That ain't gonna get it done when you're trying to win a chip, fellas. I'm sorry. So I don't know if it's necessarily what Golden State is doing to the Boston Celtics as much as what the Boston Celtics are doing to themselves.
2: Now, Chris, I want to talk about the bench because the benches for these two teams uh, showed up especially in Game Five. You look at the Golden State Warriors; they had 31 points off the bench. The Boston Celtics had 10 a guy like Grant Williams have not showed up in this series. What do you think the benches are going to look like for these two teams in Game 6?
6: Yeah, we ought to put Grant Williams, Derek White on the back of Mill then While we're at it, we might <laughs> as well put out an APB for Peyton Pritchard, too. I mean, those are guys that have stepped up routinely throughout the playoffs. In, in Boston, that, that that's something that they lean on. They play good team basketball. Uh, and so they're going to need contributions from guys off of the bench. If they want to be able to force a game seven and those guys are going to have to step up and make open shots, and they just have not done that. Now, Boston has lived and died by the three. And so far this series, they've got more three point makes than the Golden state warriors. They're going to have to find a way to be able to make that a strength for them and have the three point shot for them in game six to be a reason why they win it as opposed to a reason why this team comes up short.
1: We're talking to Chris Canny on Canney and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, filling in for the guys. I want to go back to what you just said about turnovers a minute ago. Uh, You had a long, illustrious NFL career. I don't know if you ever played on a team that was tragically undisciplined. But if you did, how do you fix that? Because this Golden State team has been taking advantage of these turnovers every single game. It's not a new thing, and Boston can't
6: fix it. Why is it different now? That's a great question. I'm not quite sure... Why Boston continues to turn the ball over, I just lean on the analysis from our NBA experts. And one of the things that they always point out is that the Boston Celtics don't have a true point guard in their starting lineup. As much as we love Marcus Smart and what he brings to the table, Marcus Smart is not a natural point guard. Uh, Derek White has at times been that guy for him But Derek White comes off the bench and we know that role players can be a bit inconsistent, especially when they're on the road in the postseason. So that's showing up a little bit in the NBA finals. But I think the genesis of a lot of their turnovers is that they don't have a true point guard. And then when it comes to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, the guys that are not only shot makers, but shot creators, those guys handle the basketball more like forwards than, than backcourt players. And that's because that's what they are. So, when it comes to the live ball turnovers, I don't know that that's something that they can get right all of a sudden. They just got to find a way to try to minimize that or mitigate that um, so they don't gift the Golden State Warriors opportunities for runouts to get out and transition and get open looks at the basket.
2: Chris, I want to take it to the NFL. You look at these second year quarterbacks. You have Davis Mills, you have Justin Fields, um, you have Trey Lance, Trevor Lawrence. Mac Jones, and you have Zach Wilson. Of those six quarterbacks, who was the guy that you have the most confident in going into year two? Wow,
6: well, you just went down a list right there. I mean, I got to be honest with you guys. I'm bullish on Trey Lance, and it's about the skill set, but it's also about the system that he's going to be in. You know what Kyle Shanahan wants to do. They're going to run the football with Elijah Mitchell and Kyle Juszczyk. They're going to lean on that big physical offensive line and George Kittle, who's also a major factor in blocking the edge up on the run game. Uh, and then they're going to set up opportunities for him to get out on the perimeter and have run-pass options with bootlegs. And if you think back to all the, the the Shanahan-led offenses, even going back with his dad, Mike Shanahan, when you talk about John Elway and Jake Plummer and Jay Cutler and RG3 with the Washington Commanders, like that's when those offenses have really, really thrived. And so... Being able to have a quarterback that has the movement skills like Trey Lance, I really think he is set up to have a whole lot of success. The biggest caveat or biggest question that I have about that offense is them being able to mend fences with Debo Samuel come to some kind of agreement because he's such such a weapon for a young quarterback like Trey Lance. So that's the biggest thing that I have a question mark about, but I really like what Trey Lance is bringing to the table, and I'm bullish on the San Francisco 49ers in 2022.
1: Kenny, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, sorry if anybody had to play through. And most importantly, thanks for letting us hold down the fort while you're out, my friend. Enjoy your golf.
6: Yeah, the the, the three players in my force aren't too happy about me taking this call because I'm disrupting their game. But anyway, <laughs> we're going to get back to it.
1: If you need a trash yeah. talker, just call me, brother. Appreciate you. <laughs>
2: All right, later on, guys.
1: <laughs> oh, that's Chris Kenny Hi, out on the golf course taking a little break. Harry, uh, hey, are you a golfer?
2: Uh, I am not.
7: Okay, okay. Well, I'm, I'm
1: not right. a golfer. Yeah, me either. That's something else we have in common. All right, we want to hear (laughs) from you guys. Triple Say ESPN 888 729 3776 Defend your fan base, defend your city from Mad Dog Russo's indefensible list. We'll let you guys take over the show next. Triple Eight Say ESPN 888-729-3776. It's Candy and Carlin, Jason Fitz, and Harry Douglas filling in on ESPN Radio. Mad Dogger.
7: Again, try Jet's signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured...
4: I am so incredibly curious to see which Jason Tatum shows up tonight and who the other piece is going to be for the Warriors if they're going to win the title this evening. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. I, I, Chris, I know game six, Clay. I know about that. We'll get to that in a sec. But Jason Tatum right now, uh, the elimination games, he's been amazing, 32 points a game. There is nothing in this series that would lead me to believe we are going to see that Jason Tatum this evening.
5: Well, here's the one thing I will say to push back on that, Carlin. When they've been up against it, the Celtics have responded as a team. And Greeny alluded to it when he was on the show with us earlier. But this is a team that's three and zero in elimination games in this postseason, and they faced a similar set of circumstances in round two against the reigning defending world champions, the Milwaukee Bucks. They were down three two. They won a game on the road in Milwaukee, and they won Game Seven at TD Garden. So, really impressive to see the Celtics respond to adversity in that way, but the NBA Finals is a different animal, and you're just not quite sure how players are going to respond under those circumstances, under this kind of pressure, uh, knowing that you're this close to a championship and you have the potential to let it slip away. So I'm interested to see what version of Tatum we're going to get tonight as well, but if he's ever going to change the narrative around him about not being in club superstar or being on the outside looking in of this elite superstar club, then it's going to have to start tonight, Carlin. And for me, the best way for Tatum to get a good start to this game is by not turning the basketball over. Yeah. That, to me, is the biggest thing that Jason Tatum needs to do. Dirt turn the ball over. We know he can shoot it. We know he can distribute and be a playmaker. The biggest thing is not being an impediment to your team and not giving away offensive possessions. That's the part that he has to avoid. If he doesn't, then you're talking about the Golden State Warriors wrapping this thing up in six.
4: I don't buy into the the Game 6 Clay stuff as much. And I know that Clay went back to watch the Game 6 Clay uh, stuff when he was trying to get his confidence back a few games ago. Having said that, Clay needs to play at a an exceptionally high level tonight if mm. the Warriors are trying to wrap this up on the road. And to me, that means... Twenty-eight and above, as far as points, he has to be that guy.
5: Well, you know you're going to get good Steph Curry, right?
4: Yeah. I mean, there's no chance. That's that a Steph given Curry for me, and I'm taking Wiggins that. as a given
5: too. Okay, so you need all three of those guys to have big nights for the Golden State Warriors and never to close out
4: to get it done on the road tonight. Yes.
5: Yeah, I, I think that's probably right. I-, I mean, Steph Curry said as much. He said they're under no illusions about what they can expect going into TD Garden. This is going to be one of the hardest games. It's Kenny and Carlin on
1: ESPN Radio, the ESPN app at SiriusXM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, sitting in for the guys this afternoon. We're going to get you caught up on everything you need to know, including in just a few minutes, some betting advice. As we uh, get ready for game six tonight, Celtics host the Warriors. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. But right now, we're letting you take over the show. 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. Mad Dog Russo ranked his top five sports fan base cities on first take. Philly at five, Chicago at four, New York at three, Detroit at two, and Cleveland at one. I don't understand it either. Well, we're going to let you guys chime in and give us some of your thoughts. I'm thinking that maybe Mad Dog's been partying with me too much before to come up with that list. Uh, let's go to Allen in Ohio. Alan, thanks for calling the show, man. What you got?
3: Absolutely, I appreciate y'all having me on, man. I, I just got to give Mad Dog some credit because, you know, we may not have you know all of the big name arenas and the big name stadiums, and we may not even have the winning culture that uh, people expect out of you know places like Boston and and New York. But our fandom and our 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 die hard hard culture is something that is just. Unexplainable. You can't. You can't even put. You know, your finger on it until you're in the atmosphere. You know, you can't really. You know, explain it. But it's you gotta something that you got to tell us, that, Alan, you tell you us know, who you're
1: talking about. You haven't told yeah, us. Yeah, city. who are you
3: talking about? Like, we don't know. We're confused. I, I'm, tar- I'm talking about Cleveland. I'm talking about Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, okay, so you're in okay. Cleveland. It, it, it's something. It's it's just something that that people don't really understand until you're there. But I mean, you got to think LeBron left and he came back, so that that tells you a lot. Like this place just has a special kind of heart.
1: Alan, hmm. thanks for the call, man. I, I will say this. that's tough. I'll say this: I was born as a little kid in, in Vegas. Not everybody loves Vegas. I would move back to Vegas in a heartbeat. When you're from somewhere, going back to somewhere, it's part of who it's part of how you're wired. Like it, it's cooked into who you are. So LeBron going back to Cleveland. I, you know, I, and I get it. There are certainly Browns fans are diehards. And, uh, Guardians fans are diehards. I get that. I, I I think that you're underselling the level of diehard everywhere else in the process, too, at least in my mind. Dylan in Maine. Thanks for calling the show. Dylan, what you got, man?
3: Hey, appreciate you guys. Uh, I just want to say, first of all, I think it's ridiculous. Boston left on the, off the, uh, the top five at all. Uh, and it's also absolutely ridiculous. They're not number one. Uh, Six years old, listening to Sweet Caroline for the first time in Fenway was magical, and it's still magical every single time I go. Not to mention, I also saw a ten-year-old uh, kid called Bryson Arroyo a bum at a Sea Dogs game one time, and you—you you just don't get that everywhere in the country. You know what I mean?
2: I am with you, my man. Sweet Caroline. Oh, say it
1: with us! Hey, thanks for the call. So good. So, so good,
2: so good, so good. And Boston is my number one. For those of y'all, if y'all are wondering, if you're just joining,
1: yeah, I I think that that to me is such a easy easy take. You know, for me, it, it's it, it's Boston through and through. Bob in Pennsylvania. Bob, thanks for calling the show. What you got?
0: Hey man, yeah, I think you guys are getting something confused with with Chris's with Chris's list. He must have thought it meant. Die hard means they're always dying because because you have a few goofballs in the end zone dressed like dogs for years as they go through every losing season they could possibly go through. And because you got 25% of the stadium filled in Detroit, that automatically puts them off the list. They don't fill any of their stadiums. So how do you die hard? You might have a very small percentage in those crazy cities that are, that are diehards, but the whole the, the whole population of that city is not diehard. When you talk about diehard, you're talking about, if I said to you black and gold, what city is that? Pittsburgh, black and yellow, mm-hmm. black and there yellow, black go. and yellow, there black and go. yellow. There you go. If I talk, if I said to you uh, the, the green that you're seeing right now in the NBA Plus, Boston, Pittsburgh, Boston, that's diehard fans. Because a little bit with a diehard has to come a little taste of winning every now and then. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: yeah look makes bob sense.
7: thanks
1: for the call it makes I love sense though
0: he makes sense
1: you know what it, it, feel free by the way anybody want to defend themselves against bob uh triple eight say espn 888-729-3776 he does make an interesting point harry i've been to detroit a bunch of times on tour And I don't remember ever going through downtown Detroit and thinking, oh, God, this whole area is just ruled by the love of the Pistons and the Tigers. Like, you see something here and there, but it's not like it. It's not every ounce of the culture everywhere you possibly look.
2: Can I be honest? Every time we played in Detroit when I was in the NFL, I was ready to get the hell out of Detroit uh, and and hurry up and get that win, (laughs) not that loss. Hurry up and get that damn win because it was never a loss and get back to where I was going.
1: I I like this. John in Denver. I think Denver might deserve a little bit more credit on this list. John in Denver, give me what you got, man.
3: Hey, what's up, brother? First of all, I just moved to Denver. I think I heard the wrong uh, city. When you're mentioning Roll Tide, that's Tuscaloosa, brother. That's not Birmingham. That's my fault.
1: That is my fault. I said when we went to break, I said I cannot believe his ass, I just to Birmingham and not Tuscaloosa. Like, that is just me yeah. being an idiot on a microphone. I've been there a bunch of times, so that's my fault.
3: <laughs> when you talk about diehard, Alabama's got to be right up there. doesn't matter which level you're talking about. And I thought it was really interesting. If you're talking about sports teams, you got to throw college football in there too. I mean, you got the Alabama Road Tide. you got their fan base is so strong they will pick their favorite professional team based off of who was playing in Alabama.
1: Yeah, John, and I got to cut you off right up against it, but you are a thousand percent right. Uh, No discredit to Lincoln, Nebraska. Like I went to all these places with game day. Harry's been to all of them with game day. Like, you start talking about some of these college football cities. I I, I genuinely challenge. I, I, Mad Dog, feel free to call in and tell us we're idiots. Have you been to a college football city? I want to hear from
2: list? Mad Dog. Like, I, I just got to
1: guess he has never been to a college football city on a Saturday game day or on a Wednesday in the middle of March when that's all they care about. That's that's all I'm saying. I think there might be a disconnect. We're going to help Mad you dog. make some money with our next guest. That, I need some help on this, too. We'll get some expertise. Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio.